Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yo, welcome back to our Beats Around the Bush season in which my esteemed colleague Mark Blankenship and I, Sarah D. Bunting, talk about the beats that were around roughly in the George H.W. Bush White House era. Here to talk much more about that and about our topic today, a salt and pepper six pack, it's Mark. Hello, Mark. Hello, Sarah. Your mic does indeed sound nice. Thank you. Um, it's been checked one, two, three, 15 times. We'll, we'll see how it goes in the edit. Uh, so, salt and pepper. very excited to talk about this. Very excited to hear from you uh, about the journey that brought you to this episode idea. Well, quite simply, salt and pepper are so good. I feel that when we even were originally conceiving of this hip-hop from the 80s, early 90s season, I was always going to lobby that we talk about more than one of their songs, Mm -hmm. and the way that this season has now shaken out, I'm so delighted that we can talk about basically all of their songs, because I just think that salt and Peppa's place in hip-hop and popular music history is so exciting to this day to consider. Their music is so engaging to me. I find their music um, endlessly entertaining. Very frequently, um, quite intellectually stimulating. I even saw Salt and Peppa earlier this year. We're recording this in 2022, and I saw them in this year of our Lord on the mixtape tour with En Vogue, Rick Astley, and New Kids on the Block, and they still know how to put on a show. And in the course of this episode, we can certainly talk about any of their songs that we would like, but I felt like it would be a good idea to choose a six-pack of songs that focus our discussion. And so in chronological order of release, those songs are My Mic Sounds Nice from the album Hot, Cool, and Vicious. Uh, Actually, that one I will say, Sarah, you quite wisely brought to the table. Then we will be moving on to three songs from the Black's Magic album, um, Expression, Let's Talk About Sex, and Do You Want Me? And then we will move on to two songs from the Very Necessary album, What a Man and Delicious Deep Cut, somebody's getting on my nerves. So, (laughs) listeners who have been with us for a long time might remember way back in the Pleistocene era when we did an episode that covered both I'll Take Your Man by salt and Peppa and If That's Your Boyfriend, He Wasn't Last Night by Michelle Indegacello. So this is not the first time that Salt and Peppa and Spinderella have appeared, but this is our first truly deep dive. And Sarah, just to kick things off, I have to say... Salt and Peppa have, to my ear and heart, an almost unmatched ability to seem like they are having fun no matter what they are rapping about, and I love that about them. Yeah, I agree. And there's a um, the whole being greater than the sum of the parts thing happening with them that I'm interested yes. to talk about with you. Um, I know that you said in chronological order you you did the list, but I I kind of want to talk about my mic sounds nice a little bit later in the process because hey, it kind great. of uh, supports my supports my grand unifying theory of salt and pepper, which is probably bullshit. 
um, that's well, that's great. So let's start then with the song expression, which I think is um, pretty significant both for them and in the overall story of hip hop. Because Expression is a platinum single. It sold a million copies, and it was written and produced solely by Cheryl Salt James. So this is a major moment in the history of hip-hop because it was, I believe, the first platinum rap song to be written and produced by a woman alone with no one else pitching in. And I just think that's really awesome. And one thing that salt and Peppa has always done is just say up front, uh, we're women and therefore we are awesome. We are women, ergo, we are the best. Uh, they had songs like Ain't Nothing But a She Thing that came out. Uh, they've always been very upbeat in their sense of empowerment. And their songs have always had this concept in them that, for instance, if you want to get with me, you got to get with my friends. You know, Spice Girl said that said it that way, but you know what I mean. There's always just been this real strength and positivity and confidence in the fact that as women, they're amazing. And that to me is uh, really great because it's so easy to celebrate along with them. Uh, Expression is uh, to me a pretty good, uh, it epitomizes that pretty well. So let's hear a clip. they're having so much fun i love it yes and i will say just up front i didn't necessarily clip the hooks on these songs throughout this episode for the songs that i clipped because to me the things that i think are more interesting to talk about are the way that they express themselves in the verses and i'm so glad you said that yeah. So tell me more. Tell me tell me why that resonates with you. Well, I think that this is about where my like it's neither grand nor unifying, but a sort of um baby steps toward a theory of salt and pepper came together in my listening because uh I listened to this like third or fourth in my um songbook preparing for this episode. <laughs> and um yes. there's there's something about their um there's something about their writing and their um finished product that's like all the best shit is in the verses so i'm glad that you mentioned that about the chorus because the hooks are like very sort of um not eye on the seo but they're like they were kind of clickbaity before we had before clickbait had been invented which i respect that but What's exciting to me about Salt and Peppa is almost never that hooky chorus or that title that's like absolutely going to get the thing played and talked about and argued about. Yes. It's always in the verse. And um, there is an almost defiantly do it yourself, first drafty quality to a lot of their shit. Like sometimes their songs are just like, there's one super dense amazing verse and then it's this kind of b plus or worse chorus repeated a lot of times and then it slowly fades out and you're like 
there's not actually a lot there, but it's like, uh, but it still works for them. Like that, that is their brand is a little weird to me, but like, um, this is a good place actually to hear my mic sounds nice. If you don't mind. I mean, drop it. Here's a clip. Talk about geometry. <laughs> More biology. Like some of these rhymes are really like basic first thought shit. And the fact is that their basic first thought shit usually rules. So I think they don't tend to like go back and um kind of tighten things up or do more takes or be like, we need another verse. Like they, you know, these things sort of come out and they're like, yeah, that's good. And it is. Yeah. But sometimes it stops short of greatness and their ability to be zeitgeisty without necessarily being great is itself kind of great. I don't know if that makes any sense. It absolutely does. Oh, my God. Yes. Because listening to anything from the Hot, Cool, and Vicious album, which is what My Mic Sounds Nice is on, and it's also what Push It is on. Mm-hmm. I have always felt like I was at a party where they did one take with beer in hand. Yes. And then they were like, now I'm done. It's like what we were saying the other day about Q-Tip just sort of wanders through. <laughs> it's like <laughs> he says one thing and he leaves. And yeah. especially on those albums that came before Very Necessary, because I do think there's a major shift when we get to that. album. Oh, for but sure. In these first albums, it really is the feeling of like, these are the coolest girls in your high school. They're like always having so much fun together. They make you feel cooler because you're around them. And yeah, maybe they're not deep brooding poets, but you don't care because you're like, I just want to be at the party that you're at. And yeah. that that quality, that confidence and that self-possession is very attractive. And you're right. Like also... You can hear the jagged intakes of breath on so many of these verses. Yeah. And you're just like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. But it was like, you know, between bong hits. Okay, fine. (laughs) Exactly. It's interesting. It's interesting that if I had been picking the five pack or the six pack or whatever, I would have picked all the early stuff because I feel like the more produced it got, it didn't necessarily change the basic nature of the of the thing, of their zeitgeist. Mm. It just made it more obvious that they are um they are like first draft like per- perfect or imperfect. This is the this is the egg. <laughs> make with it what you will um and with i'm gonna just I'm, I'm spoiling it by saying it this early but one of the songs that we're talking about later features a line you couldn't hump me if my first name was cootie cat 
And that doesn't make sense, no. but okay. It, <laughs> Perfect example. It really doesn't. Anyway, um, let's let's continue on our journey because um, I'm always interested to hear like wh- either why these songs have been chosen by you or also like how, uh, I mean, we're on two different roads from which we can see each other with Salt and Peppa. So that's always <laughs> a fun kind of episode for me. Yes. Okay. So, um, to me, the Black's Magic album is really where I became very aware of Salt and Pepper because those videos from that album were just yes. always on television. Yes. Like, you literally could not turn on MTV, even if it was, like, Alternative Nation. They were going to be like, but also, here's Do You Want Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, great. Um, and what I like about Black's Magic is I think it's a really great example of how you can make issue-based music that isn't exhausting. Yep. Yep, yep. And, uh, like, expression is about what it sounds like. Express yourself. Uh, I, you're, you're a lady. That's awesome. It's a sort of a... It, it, it's it's a, a, a call to come party in the name of being a woman. Mm-hmm. Then you get to a song like Do You Want Me, which is a song that I feel um also has a very interesting chart history because of the way that the chart was being compiled at the time this song peaked at a lowly number 21 but it was only a glitch in the way that the information was assembled because really that song is a top 10 hit it definitely peaked in the top 10 on both radio and sales but at different times so it makes it seem like the song wasn't as big of a hit as it was it was just a hit for a long time and therefore didn't chart as high anyway right what I what I love, Sarah, about the song Do You Want Me is that it is a song about letting men know that this body and this booty are not for sale. They're not for you. They are for me. And it manages to make not letting a man get it in sound so fun and flirty. And I just can't think of very many songs that are like, you don't get to touch it, but you're going to be having a great time when I tell you why. <laughs> It's really well put. <laughs> Thank you. So with that, here's a clip. Please understand the way I feel. I must have trust or there's no deal. My emotions ain't to be played with or given free. I appreciate greatly the way you tolerated me. Sometimes I do act flaky. Wouldn't blame you if you hate me. You put up with my butt when I wouldn't give it up. Yeah, I know that really sucks, but if you wait a while, I'll be Sarah, I believe it was Seamus Haney who first said, you put up with my butt, with my butt. when I would not give it up. The yeah, ever-widening really sucks of my butt. <laughs> if you wait a while, I'll make it up. Like, I, there's that, that line is so stupid, but so perfect, and I, I just can never get enough of it. I, I just love that they have, they're not afraid to, like, um, treat with difficult rhymes like things that end in mp or rst (laughs) and they just are from queens and they don't give a shit like they didn't they don't try to polish up how they they don't try to polish up their delivery um because that's their voice and i think that's great um i love this song i feel like the messaging is a little too apologetic oh yeah given that the guy the unreliable narrator guy is Herbie Lovebug, who 
claims to have discovered both them and kitten play. So there's that weird like meta level on which they're right. apologizing to the man who discovered them, whatever. Ooh, fair. Um, so that's like, that's weird. And I don't know like whatever relationship history, I don't think there was one, but um, it, uh, it just strikes me as a little like, and we talk about this a lot and it will come up again a bunch of times. I think that because of when these songs came out and the, um, the sex kills atmosphere that we were all unfortunately dwelling in at that time, that messaging songs about um, any choices around being sexually active, whether it was abstinence or safe sex or whatever, like it, you have to um, forgive certain Things that like, okay, you wouldn't make this song like this now. And I don't know if she would be this apologetic about it now or this sort of like, yeah, I understand that it's, you know, it's a bummer to have to wait for me to be ready and to give consent. Like it doesn't quite land the same, but this was a very different time when this came out. That is really well said. Very good read on that. Uh, Not something I had never thought about it that way. But that's all. That's obviously a very correct interpretation of the song. Um, to me, knowing that I probably now agree with you, I do want to say that to me, this song perfectly mingles with Show Shot by Def Jeff that we talked yeah. about uh, in the last episode. In yeah. the sense that there is, this is another of those songs that has unapologetic sexuality without menace. Yeah. I just, I just like songs that are really horny, but also not threatening. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I am horny and I'm going to dance, but you know, it, it doesn't feel like that there's any danger in it. And maybe that's just me projecting a bunch of shit onto, onto songs, but like, it's certainly not, these are not the only songs in the world that do that, but I'm just drawn to this particular type of sex positivity, which is like, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun being sexy and horny and young and, spraying myself with a street hydrant or whatever. Yeah. Well, and also we're just having fun period. Like we were saying in the last episode, like, Oh, here are some musicians of the late eighties and early nineties who actually like going to work doing what they do yeah. and not everything is a crisis. So exactly. Although you do make a good point that there is perhaps uh, it is falsely empowering to tell someone that you know it sucks to not be able to hit it. Yeah. It's like, it's it, it doesn't have to, it, it's, you're right. There is, it is something that if it were created today, the song would not be the same. And that's yeah. just where we are. But I believe there is literally a track on the same album called I've Got AIDS. So, I, again, I that, think you always have to have it in the perspective of you know that sex was a um the non-threatening aspect of it that you're talking about is like not necessarily on offer like 95 percent of the time that's right and you know it's interesting that track i've got aids is a psa on the very necessary album three years later which just tells you how long this era lasted of sex equals death 
If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, and that is a perfect segue to our next song, Let's Talk About Sex, which peaked at number 13. That was, at this point, their highest peaking single. Uh, Push It on the Hot 100 had reached number 19. Uh, Let's Talk About Sex is a song that I don't I don't know how to feel about it, but it's so burned into my memory <laughs> from this period yeah. that I felt we needed to hear a clip. I agree. Lawyers, doctors, no one was too great for her to get with or even mess with. The press, she says, was next on her list. And uh, believe me, you, it's as good as true. There ain't a man alive that she couldn't get next to. She had it all in the bag. So she should have been glad. But she was mad and sad and feeling bad. Thinking about the things that she never had. No love, just sex. Followed next with the check and the notes. The last night was so... Yeah, I, I don't love this anymore. <laughs> Yeah, and so tell me, how did you feel about it then? At the at the time, um, as a, you know, properly raised tool of a patriarchy in the in, you know, Bush and Clinton's America, um, I felt like they were saying something important. And um yeah. I felt like this song being popular um sort of helped us ladies be like you know sex without love is just empty and what's the point because again given the um uh viral atmosphere at the time like this was something that a lot of us had to kind of tell ourselves <laughs> in order to go without at a question mark and also there's really a lot of um like still a lot of slut shaming in the culture and it was worse back then with yeah. that said this is slut shaming this verse and it's yeah i mean as much as i uh love that line how many guys you know make love like i mean yeah but like how many girls do you know make love like making love barf but also you know, this is not the sex positivity without being threatening. This is like you're you're endangering yourself and you're not in touch with your real emotions and, you know, doing it for money is bad. And it's like, well, uh, no, doing it for money is just doing it for money. Sex work is work. If she's not a sex worker, this is way too judgy. I, I just don't think it's a good look and it's a little off brand for them, I would say, maybe. Well, and it's fascinating that on the next album, they had the song None of Your Business, which includes the lyric, if she want to be a freak and sell it on the weekend, it's none of your business. Yeah. 
Like, and interestingly, Salt has since said that she doesn't want to perform None of Your Business anymore because she doesn't think it is good to sell it on the weekend. Mm. So, you know, up and down we go. Yeah, but, I mean, and I uh, think there me- are also aspects of this, like just, you know, living as a black woman 30 years ago that you and I can't access and can't speak to that right. this song is not um, for us on every track of of the sound, which is, you know, like, I think it's an excellent marriage of um, form and function. I think that the peppiness is really wonderful. I think that, once again, they're very zeitgeisty, but then when you get into the actual track, the substance is somewhat less than you might remember or expect. Um, and I think this is sort of like a legendary song that's merely good in retrospect. Oh my gosh. Great. That is how I feel about Push It as well, by the way. Yep. Push It to me is like nine and a half minutes of that one hot riff and then occasionally salt, 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 and Peppa's here. Like yeah, just, that one's, Yeah. But then they're calling people hoes. Like I'm just like, why is that the definitive song for them from that era? It's mostly just a a track with occasional distorted vocals. Mm, Yeah, I didn't get to choose these things though, and like obviously, "Push It" is an incredibly important song in that it was really the first song by female rappers to become a major across the board hit. But still, yeah. So to me, let's talk about sex. Yeah, at the time. It did feel very revolutionary, especially to me because I was only 12, that they were being so blunt to talk about these things. And the explicit message of the song is, on the most superficial level, talking about sex is not scary. We should talk about it. But then you're right. Once you get deeper into what they're actually saying, once the conversation has begun, it is very much rooted in its era in a way that is probably not useful to us anymore. Yes, Perfectly. That said, when I was in college, and I remember this as clear as day, I was walking home from the Cox Hall food court back to my dorm. (laughs) This is my freshman year. Cox (laughs) Hall. Oh, and everybody loved to say, Cox, when you go to Cox, do you spit or swallow? Oh. But I remember so clearly walking through um, the part of campus that I needed to go through to get to my dorm, and there were these three women rapping this song to each other in a circle so i came up and i interrupted them and i said yo pep i don't think they're gonna play this on the radio and why not everybody should be having sex everybody should be making love come on how many guys you know making love and you could watch on their faces that they went through so many emotions of who the fuck are you to be interrupting us oh my god is this happening yes so by the time i got to the very end we were all part of a unit and i just remember feeling like amazing (laughs) Like, I had interrupted them quite rudely, but then by the end, we were all on the same team, and I was so glad that I had done it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but this is, like, the beauty of Salt and Peppa that, like, even if the song, once you sort of turn it over and you look at how the tapestry is knotted on the back, you're like, oh, there's a lot of chewing going back here. Like, they uh, they get, they make conversation. They create conversation. There is a, there is, like, a community that they are making with what they're making and even though this song that was like anyone can like everyone will know the first few bars my dad will know it my nephew will know it like that title is so smart because that's gonna be that is gonna stay in the culture and have sustain 
Yes. And then you listen to it again and you're like, there's really kind of only the one verse and it's just kind of socially conservative and like churchy about this woman's choices. And (laughs) it's not what you expect. You expect it to be like, we need to be saying the word condom and we need to like have these conversations with the lights on. It's not that. No, it isn't. It's like, don't do it for money. You could get killed. Like, where, where are we right now? And at the same time, it's, it's still a banger, like orally, like melodically. It's, it's good. And the flow is good. It's just like content wise. You're like, hmm. Well, then that leads us now to the very necessary album, which came out in 93 and just was night and day for them in terms of their cultural reach. Uh, To put it in perspective, the Black's Magic album sold one million copies. Mm -hmm. Very necessary sold five million copies. Yeah. And Shoop and What a Man were the two massive hits from this album. Now, I did not clip Shoop because I would say... Sarah, that Shoop has never disappeared from the culture. It is always with us. Yep. In fact, I know teenagers at current high school students who know every word to Shoop. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty cool. Like that is the clearly the salt and pepper song that has survived and will outlive us all. Uh, there was that period of time where Ellen DeGeneres was constantly rapping it in various locations. Oh, that's a shame. But, but, uh, but then Shoop is also just like a really good song and it really is that now you want to talk about a song that's just I'm having fun being horny. Yeah. Shoop Shoop is that song. Mhm. <laughs> Can I get some fries with the shake shake movie? If looks could kill you would be an Uzi or a shotgun bang. What's up with that thing? I got to know how does it hang? Again, like you've been saying, first draft quality. Mhm. But delightful. And I yeah. think that might be one of the reasons Shoop hangs on is because that song is so dumb. But like, who doesn't want to be dumb in that way? Well, this is the I think this is the thing, whether it's grand or not. This is the unifying theory that like the the idea, the first idea is enough. And then sometimes right. what they do to like back it up, you're like, huh, I wouldn't have gone that direction with it. Or hmm, that hasn't aged well. But like the idea like the 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 kernel comes first and then they just run with it and then they're yeah done with it and they don't overwork it and there's something to be said for that too that they're like smarter not harder bye like okay respect <laughs> exactly now that is why however and it actually ended up being perfectly in sync with what we've talked about today happy accident that is why i chose a clip from what a man because i feel that this of all their hits is their masterpiece. And I think it is because En Vogue adds so much to this song and the complexity of En Vogue's harmonies on top of what salt and Peppa is doing gives this song a depth that none of their other songs have. And that is one of the reasons I love it so much. Here is a clip. Like the devil don't believe in Jesus, he's a god. Original, the man of my dreams. Yes, my man says he loves me. Now 
Mama says he loves me not mine I rush me good and touch me in the right spot See all the guys that I've had They try to play all that math But every time they tried I said that's not it But not this man He's got the right potion Baby rub it down and make it smooth like lotion Yeah the ritual Highway to heaven From 7 to 7 He's got me open like 7-11 And yes it's me that he's always choosing With him I'm never losing And he knows that my name is not Susan He always has heavy conversation over mine Which means a lot to me Cause good men are hard to find Oh my god okay first of all shout out to spinderella who is not even with the group anymore but she had some really good verses and this is i think her best verse mm-hmm. the flow on this is amazing the little bits of en vogue that pop up underneath the verses i find to be amazing and i have performed this song sarah at so many karaoke nights at an off i've performed it at multiple office parties I can remember very clearly that the older employees at TDF, where I used to work, the Theater Development Fund, one of them came up to me later and said, oh, I see you now. And it was like, yeah, because I can throw down with every lyric of this and I do not need to look at the screen. So (laughs) there is so much for me, just lifelong joy wrapped up in this song. But again, it's the marriage of En Vogue, salt and Peppa, the amazing beat, the great flow, the lyrics, and just the whole lunacy of it all too like just saying you so crazy i think i want to have your baby fine great if that's how you want to do it go right ahead so to me sarah again a plus work from salt peppa and spinderella i have to agree orally here again i think the the lyric is a little bit like they have this weird sort of um conservative streak like sort of socio-sexually conservative streak that you do see here not in the part that you clipped but that they're like they're they're kind of thanking the guy for not embarrassing them by cheating openly Mm. like there are a number of ways to interpret that lyric but for me and a couple of music critics it was like so as long as he's not doing it out in the open you're fine with it and then there's that down low lyric that kind of maybe implies that it's okay if you cheat on her with a dude but not with other women and not in public like it's i mean it can be a little bit like settling again with the lyric mm. but i think that this is also like that it's not a first drafty quality exactly, but they just sort of like say what they really think and what they really feel and what their actual concerns are. And they don't sort of go back and buff that up. Um, It just stays in whatever song, which is, you know, maybe not the most um, artistically polished, but is who they are and what makes them appealing. Um, this is an amazing hook, uh, and Vogue is perfectly matched to this material. Uh, these lyrics are like so inviting and the flow is so good. Um, but I kind of, it's fascinating to me that there is this still that kernel of like, uh, but that, that adds to the essential salt and pepacity. <laughs> of it yeah it doesn't like i think that's a really good way of putting it like they just decided that they're gonna go ahead and have their array of opinions Mm -hmm. and it isn't focus grouped to try to make everyone happy like 
yeah, this is just how I feel about it. Okay, great. Yeah, that it that it is a little like oh, you know, I mean, these are like your friends, and your friends have like really strong feelings about things that because you're friends, this is something sort of charming and fond. It creates fond feeling and you're not like, oh, for right. fuck's sake, like enough with the banging on about how much you hate raisins. We fucking get it. Like, this is just a thing among <laughs> friends that it's like, oh, well, you know, Sarah and the raisins, like we're not going to oatmeal cookies are us today because Sarah's going to ruin it. Like, you know, so I think I finally have figured out, like I had a lot of sort of notes about their lyrics and the delivery sometimes but it was like even though these notes seem like they're negatives they're they're not because they're they're so on brand for this group that somehow they're positives even though they might read as negatives or like you know you should change this like no don't change anything yeah i feel like i haven't really grasped until this conversation that one of the reasons i like them so much is that they are so specific as people in their music yeah yeah they are not making songs that are meant to be generalized washes of sort of hallmark card feelings or what have you these are very specific takes on what it means to have a good man on what it means to be talking openly about sex uh and and yeah, like I actually am appreciating more now that I actually you're right. I have always found certain lines in What a Man to be, let's say, very different from my set of hopes and dreams uh, for romance. Uh-huh. Yes. But sure. you know what? Good for Salt and Peppa that they didn't think about me when they wrote this song. You know what I mean? They're like, I don't care what anybody else thinks. This is how I see it. And just because they were able to do that in uh, a really fun, catchy way doesn't make it any less artistically interesting. And that that specificity of vision is perhaps easy to overlook when the song was such a massive hit that you actually can hear it in the mall now, right. but it's still there. Yeah. Well, and that specificity is what I think makes it so universal because there is a confidence, but also a relatability. Like you might not like this particular um, opinion or lifestyle choice by this friend, but you're still friends. And this is like friendly, welcoming, but also confident and brassy hip hop. And I think right. and it's like why not it the works role of, is that it doesn't always work. Weirdly. Right. But like, it's not the role of your friendships to have everyone agree with everything all the time. Yeah. So, exactly. okay. Exactly. Um, That brings me now to our final clip. This is just a song that I needed to at least briefly mention on the show. I'm I'm so glad you did. Did you know somebody's getting on my nerves before this episode? I don't think I'd heard it in 25 years, but I did know it. And it was like putting on a pair of vintage boots and being like, oh, yeah, I forgot it broke these in. Sweet. Totally. So good. This is this was never a single. It's just a there on the Very Necessary album. But I owned this album and I love this song. I picked my favorite section of the song because Peppa's flow here is insane. Uh-huh. And here we go. You couldn't help me if my first name was Booty Cat. Your little Jimmy can't even hold your zipper back. Why don't you tell the story right, man? The only skins you ever hit was the skins on your right hand. You rolled up on me in your man's beamer. And I can look at you and tell you as a 
now, trying to act real slick. And started smiling like a hooker with a bag of tricks. You stuck your hand out the window trying to show me go. Your 42nd Street Rolex was kind of old. I wrote a number and I know you thought you'd get humped. But it was Dollar Day, one nine hundred chump. So why you running around town playing Jeopardy? Get off my bra strap, boy. Stop sweating me. Somebody's getting on my nerves. Somebody's getting on my nerves. Uh, one of the great call and response choruses of all time in my opinion (laughs) and there's also a little like there's a very sort of cypress hill feeling moment early in the um earlier in the song before the clip where they do that you know jump up and get beat down line and that delivery is very cypress hill and i sort of like paused the song and went off into this beautiful daydream where um cypress hills mc is replaced by pep because that like that's a sweet mix that they have i love cypress hill but that like that MC's timbre is not for everyone, and I was just like, "Can we just recut everything with Peppa doing the doing the flow?" I mean, "Insane in the Brain" with Peppa is a song I would listen to. Yes, my God, yes, absolutely. Um, um so thank you for reuniting me with this song. <laughs> just the different ways they come up with to imply that uh, he's just jerking off and a jerk off so good yeah (laughs) a meat beaten daydreamer get off my bra strap love it love it (laughs) yeah i i don't even really have anything else to add that's all that deep about this song but it's just such a good this track and that beat is really hard and peppa is just not having it with you today and i want it all the time yeah same and it it has the best of like their earlier stuff that is much more sort of like um not aggressive but like fed up. <laughs> There's a right. fed up osity to the eighties salt and pepper stuff that comes back in this track. And this also kind of continues to exemplify what we were talking about. Like it's not a perfect it's like a not a perfect poreless product, but that's why it's great. I think that there's even in the way that give them what they deserve doesn't scan well. Yeah. It's somehow exactly right. Yeah. Because there is a purity of um, uh, of like dismissal and just aggravation to that, that it's like we're so annoyed that we're not going to go back and come up with a like different word flow that scans better. Let, yeah. Like, I'm stat, too irritated Because we're over you. it. Right. I'm too irritated with you to make this sound nice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, you know what? I think this conversation sounds nice, just like our mics. Mm-hmm. And I am so glad, Sarah, that we were able to have this deep dive into the work of Salt and or Peppa. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, Spinderella. Um, yes. Kick this it was up a, one time. <laughs> this was a uh, delightful journey um, back into a different time, which is the fun of this which is the fun of this season. Um, Next week, listeners, feel the force, the JVC force. Uh, And until then, we would love to hear from you about your favorite salt and pepper hits, things that we missed. We're at Talk Songs on Twitter. 
patreon.com slash mastass for even more discussion and content. and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship, that's me, and Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. I also edit the podcast, which is a proud member of the Believe Network. Learn more at BLEAV.com. To learn more about us, submit song requests, get a pop chart reading, or buy a Mastis book, visit our website at MarkAndSarahTalkAboutSongs.com. You'll also find all of our social media links there, too. That's Mark and Sarah with an H, TalkAboutSongs.com. And for even more content and access to the Mastass Happy Hour, become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash Mastass. Thanks for listening. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.